I'm here at the Alma Tavern and Theatre and I'm speaking to Shane and Moira about a production that's going on here at the moment. Shane, you're the director of the production. Would you like to tell me a little bit about yourself and about Rough House Productions? Yeah, sure. Um, I've been directing now for 15 years and uh, Rough House Theatre has been in existence since 2000. Uh, both myself and Moira uh, have been running Rough House Theatre. We started in 2000, like I say, in Sydney. Our first production was a stage adaptation of Nick Hornby's short story, Nipple Jesus. And from there we've developed into really, uh, really being uh, a company that focuses on uh, classical theatre, uh, reinventing classical theatre, uh, rarely performed work, and also new writing. So that's our remit. That's our that's our three main focuses. This is our first production in the UK. We've been here since 2005. And we really wanted to make our first production a big, bold, daring show that really focused on the actors and uh, and, and collecting together a a a, a group of uh, a group of multi-talented, um, exciting, dynamic performers. And Twelfth Night seemed like the perfect opportunity for that. Okay, great. So you just said that the production is Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Would you like to tell us something about your particular concept of the show, as you say, big, bold, and daring? <laughs> sure. Uh, th and it's something that's been it's something that's been rattling around in my head for some time now. Uh, it, it's I, I always I always looked at the show as being about uh, injustice, separation, persecution, and I really wanted to find. Uh, a period in history that that highlighted that, and uh, I, I I decided in the end to to um, to work towards 1930s Berlin because it was a time pre-war where people didn't really know where they 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 stood. They didn't really have uh, a future that they could grasp hold of. Uh, they weren't sure they were on the brink of war. So there was a real sense of danger and um, a, a real real sense of uncertainty in the air. But also mixed with that, you had a hugely uh, vibrant artistic world. You had the underground cabaret clubs. You had uh, you had people like Kurt Weill and Bertolt Brecht who really wanted to focus on uh, highlighting the injustices in the administrations that were running, um, particularly Germany at the time. So I wanted to mix that with Twelfth Night because I think the problem with a lot of the time with Twelfth Night companies focus on the comedy. And the tragedy of the of the uh, the separation of the twins, for example, and what they do to Malvolio is often overlooked in place of the comedy. So I really wanted to I really wanted to shift the balance back towards um, you know for every every comic act there's a tragic act. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. So what sort of challenges did you face with this kind of adaptation, a slightly unusual adaptation? Well, the the main the main challenges and the main focuses was staying. It, it was critical that we stayed absolutely focused on the story and I didn't want to compromise the story itself and in, in, in focusing on the story I really wanted to highlight both sides of the both sides of the the, the comic and, and, and the comedy and tragedy coin, if you like. Uh, so it was really a it was really a, a matter of making sure that every time we had uh, every time we had something comic in that we really did have to balance on 
the integrity of the story. For example, uh, the the search that the twins have for each other and that that sense of loss. Uh, but also the music. The music was also um, a, an integral piece, and really wanting to, really wanting to highlight that time and keep it specific to that time, and work on the influences. So it wasn't just a case of putting everything together and saying, "Oh, that's a favourite track. Let's put that in." It was really a focus on the integrity of the concept and the integrity of of, of, of that era that that we we chose. Great. So you say that music's an integral part of it. So um, is the music that you have in the production original music that's been composed specifically for it? Um, half and half. We've uh, we've kept intact the final song, Fester's song, at the end, and our musical director Matt Grinter produced an original composition for that, which is absolutely dynamite. And uh, we really wanted to look at the instruments that were appropriate to the time. So we've got the banjo, we've got guitar, we've got double bass, uh, we've got a real focus on vocals, and we've also got a spoons player in there as well, which gives it a nice, it, it gives it a really unique edge. And that was that was appropriate to the time because there was always someone quirky, there was always someone quirky in the uh, in the band or in the, there was someone that would always be sort of highlighted for a particular skill. And I think that really sort of puts the icing on the cake as far as that's concerned. As far as the other songs, we really wanted to look at the themes of the show and matching a song that would be appropriate to what those themes are. So we did. We looked at people like we looked at um, at, at Kurt Vile. We uh, we also looked at contemporary influences like Tom Waits, for example. And um, yeah, so it was a, it was really a case of uh, of highlighting those songs. So um, Moira, just turning to you, what for you particularly stands out about the show from say other productions of Shakespeare that you've seen? I think, as Shane said, particularly in, t- in terms of Twelfth Night, I think there's a real focus on the darker elements of the play, and that doesn't mean that we've left the comedy out. I mean, it really is—it um, really is a very, very funny show, um, but it does have a darker turn, which I really, really like. And I think the other thing that really stands out is the original live music, and it's really, really satisfying for us as a company because it's always been a goal of ours to have live original music on stage, and we've finally done it, so it's really exciting. Um, I think the other thing that really stands out is actually the collection of actors that we have they're all southwest based which was a real um it was really important to us to have southwest actors and to really make it a bristol production as much as we could so yeah i think the performances and the music and actually the look of it when you're in the theater you feel like you're in an underground you could be in an underground cabaret venue in berlin it is really exciting just picking up on something you said there, you said in, in the theatre. This is a particularly um, unusual venue, one might say. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, when we were in Sydney, um, we were the resident company of a theatre called The Crypt, which was actually a downstairs pub theatre venue. And so for us, uh, I think it's really... These kind of venues are really important to us because there's an intimacy. Only 50 people or so at a time get to see the show, and it's it really is integral to the type of work that we do. That there is that intimate relationship between the audience and the actor, and also that it's kind of an ordinary everyday venue. There's no kind of inaccessibility like there sometimes is with a theatre. It's a pub. It's somewhere where everybody goes, and that for me makes the experience more exciting. Just turning back to you, Shane. Um, finally, how would you sum it up for uh, the Bristol student, for example? Why should they come to this and uh, and see what it has to offer? I think it would be. I think. I think students would uh, would would 
be particularly drawn to this because it's it 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 plays with um, the darker elements of society. It's sexy. It's bold. It's brash. It makes no apologies for itself, and it's proud of who it is and uh, and the voice that it has. And I think that's the main focus because it is it's shameless in the in the uh, the the pursuit of having their voice heard and making a stand for themselves. So I think that's why I think that's why it would particularly uh, appeal to students, particularly students in Bristol. And uh, last of all, if you'd just like to uh, let our listeners know when it's happening till and um, how much tickets are. Okay, well, we're running until the 16th of February. It runs Tuesday through to Saturday. It starts at 8 o'clock and tickets are full price at £8 and concessions are six pounds and we also have a special valentine's day show because it falls on valentine's day as well uh every couple that turn up can have a uh, it's a uh, two tickets for 10 pounds offer on valentine's day so they just need to ring the theater to make a booking and that number is zero double one seven nine four six seven eight double nine oh double one seven nine four six seven eight double nine That's great. I'm sure they'll all be there. Thanks very much. Okay, so we've heard from the director and the producer of the production, and I've got um, a couple of members of the cast here, if you'd like to introduce yourselves. I'm Rob Benson, I play Sir Toby Belsh. I'm Gerard Cook, and I'm playing Sir Andrew Aguecheek. Okay, so anyone who knows the play knows that these are sort of quite fun, um, dynamic roles to be playing. Um, if you want to tell us a little bit about um, each of your roles. 
Um, so Toby is the troublemaker, really. He sees things happening and decides to make them even worse. I based him on Oliver Reed because he's also a bit of a drunkard. And uh, so, yeah, that was my inspiration behind it. Andrew's pretty new on the scene, really. He's trying to make friends and influence people, but he's not too good at it. Um, and actually, a big source of inspiration for me was Boris Johnson. Yeah, I decided to sort of base him on, on Boris because of this of his ability to uh, to charm... Uh, everybody and of course everybody loves Boris and he's got the student vote but you also wonder if there's something a little more cunning and sinister underneath the surface. So um, this is a particularly sort of different production maybe from uh, from the average Shakespeare. What sort of challenges have you faced in, in doing this? Um, Shane from the outset uh, told us to look at our characters a very different way and to present something that people had never seen before. Um, for me Sir Toby was to really make him quite dark and especially in the persecution of Marvolio was to think about the religious aspect of it and being 1930s uh, Berlin obviously there's that, that undertone when he's persecuting for being a Puritan it's the fact that he's obviously persecuting someone for their you know their religious beliefs and it's very dark so in yeah I, I really wanted to bring out the nastiness of Toby and the, the sinisterness, especially when he's sober. He's nicer when he's drunk. And uh, what challenges do you face doing a, a Boris Johnson figure? Well, he's, I mean, that's, that's more of a, of a starting point, really, the, the Boris thing. Um, his, his way he, he relates to um, women is, is, is slightly more, I've taken a little bit further, he's very, very awkward uh, around women. Um, he's he he wants to be the great charmer, and he wants to make you know fantastic new friends and make his way into this world and and understand this new demographic. But uh, he he he's a bumbling fool, also. Okay, um, so without giving too much away about what happens, have you got a particular favourite part of the uh, of the play, or a particular thing about the production that makes it special to you? Uh, probably the fight scene, because there's so many different things going on. And Toby is in his element at this moment. He's spinning plates, as it were, trying to keep everything up in the air. And um, actually succeeding, almost. And then it goes a little bit awry, but you'll have to see that. Andrew's constantly just trying to find his moment of glory, whether it's when he first arrives on the scene and meets Toby and meets the women that Toby's trying to introduce him to, or he's trying to find his, a new place, uh, trying, to, trying to get the better of the situation and be the better man. He's always trying to strive for his next political target. So what would you tell people um, who you wanted to sort of get to come to the production? What would you say that um, what should entice them there? It's not your typical Shakespeare. It's not what you think. Shakespeare is going to be about. I think um, generally people are scared by the text and the language and therefore think it's in inaccessible. And it's not. It's completely accessible. The fact is, you know, there's lots of laughter, lots of um, music going on, and lots of kind of, it's it's almost like a fast at times, very speedy, very quick paced. And it's it's not what you expect. So please don't be frightened away by the language. Think about what we're doing and the story we're telling. It's It's got everything that you could, you could ever want from, from a show it, it's it's got the drama and it's got the tension it's got the humor it's got the slapstick it's got the farce um everything is there it meets all of these things but it does it brilliantly it doesn't just pay lip service it's it's an incredible show great thanks very much